Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 4 of Wheel Snipe Sully. I'm Ryan, a.k.a. Macris the Tater Jaeger. And I'm Steven, better known as Sven Svechnikov. We've got some exciting, fresh week 1 stats to talk about this week. I'm pretty pumped. First week of actual hockey. Yeah, it seems like off-season took forever. I don't even remember what last season was like after that long off season. <laughs> but we uh we came out swinging in in uh, our first week of games. I don't know if it was necessarily as good as we had hoped, but we definitely put some put some points on the board. How would you feel about week 1? Uh yeah, it probably wasn't as good as we hoped, but it was about as good as I could expect. Um, we've got a lot of new faces, so um, especially in week one where people don't have their their first big update applied yet. We had half of our roster on the ice at 155 TPE. And that's not a very great recipe for success. Yeah, well, and at least one of our losses, maybe even two of them, were to Kelowna, and at this point, I don't think anyone can be too upset dropping games to Kelowna. Yeah, definitely not. It seems like they're never bad, and it's not fair. I blame whoever's running the team for probably having a system in place, but realistically, it's probably a lot of luck. <laughs> Uh, they, it definitely seems like they, they've done a good job building their team, and they're definitely in the middle of their championship window. So we'll see if they can actually carry it through through the entire season. But yeah, I think they're gonna have, I think they're gonna have some runs later in for their money. That wasn't a very I mean, well structured sentence, but I mean they were first last season, and they kind of choked. I I don't think they I don't think you can really call it choking cuz they lost to Quebec City but they had a pretty hard time with us too and we were definitely not anywhere near them. Yeah, I think uh I think they're potentially the Quebec City of this year. I think they look pretty good and I think they can have a strong playoff run. I think the gap's going to close really hard as the season progresses, so we'll have to see how I mean, we've only got a couple weeks of seasons, about four weeks in the season. Yeah, yeah, each season is about a month. So there will definitely be some gap closing, but maybe they might be far enough ahead to not have to worry about that going into playoffs. So were you surprised by any of the week one results? Like, there was a couple things that I wasn't expecting earlier in the week that kind of played out. Surprised by basically everything but Kelowna being on top. <laughs> um, I didn't expect Colorado to come out as strong as they have. Um, everyone on the forums has seen how boisterous Anaheim has been about their hot start. Um, I really expected. Newfoundland to come out pretty much right alongside Kelowna, but um, in Maine I expected to look a lot better than they have. Yeah, we were both kind of on that Maine train for a while. Uh, I remember our preseason predictions, uh, as any predictions go, are a little off base. I mean, really, we kind of had interchangeable one and twos, and our interchangeable one and twos are just seven and eight. So, I mean, close. Yeah. Um, we did call St. Louis though, so yeah, <laughs> we could pat ourselves on the back for that one. Yeah, I'm I'm a little upset of where Quebec sits, but that's only because they beat us. So they otherwise would be flipped. <laughs> so. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, there's still a lot of season left, so dissecting placements right now doesn't really mean all that much. Yeah, I think strength of schedule is going to change a lot for next week. We don't have Kelowna next week at all. So I think we play Detroit like three times, and they're sitting sixth. So I feel like that's a good spot for if we could squeak a couple of those wins for a team that's going to place around the same area we expect to place. That's really important for us. Yeah, and an important thing is, like, what I'm looking at right now, Newfoundland is currently sitting in eighth, but they only have 14 games played. So they have, like, four games on a lot of people. Uh, if we would go by their win percentage, they'd be right around fifth. So the standings are a little bit skewed, but... um. Regardless, I expect them to be battling it out for the second, third spot, basically. Yeah, but I mean, if we can't speculate on limited data, then what are we even doing here? As non-professional, <laughs> unpaid analysts, this is our job. I can dig it. Um, what about you? What really stood out to you? Uh, so my couple surprises were... First, Krakens, Carolina, I was not expecting to be a real contender. And then I, I don't want to say real contender because I definitely put them in the same uh, vein I put us as far as like a similar four, five, six range. But they were looking really strong in their first couple games there. They were doing really well. They've slipped back a bit, so they're still fourth, but I still think they're in the upper end of the placement I would put them in, and I wasn't expecting them to be good. Like, so I was, I like that. Uh, Anchorage, I, I didn't know how I felt about Anchorage. They picked up their starting goalie is a was a 155, so I kind of expected them just to drop like 30 goals a game and have a rough season, but actually they kind of kicked our ass last week in a game, so. I think we're one and one with them right now, but still, I didn't expect them to be looking so much better than we are. Yeah, I could see that. I think they're they're just a m much better than us at most positions on average. So having a weaker goalie doesn't hurt them as much as if we were in the same spot. Yeah, and I mean we've kind of talked about goalie how important goalies are or aren't for some teams or all teams. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that, but I guess we can hit on it a bit here. Um, it really seems like it just doesn't actually matter who you put in between the pipes um, as long as they have a pulse. Because like, we were talking about it, arcs and our team is a capped 425 goalie. The guy looks like Swiss cheese out there, like just about every other game. And it's mind-boggling. Like, I don't know what his actual stats are right now. But, let's see. I, I can tell you he's two wins, six losses, and he's got about an 89% save percentage. Yeah. With 3.7 goals against. Yeah, he's letting almost four goals in per game. Meanwhile, our, our rookie goalie is looking pretty good. Yeah, four and four, 2.1 goals against with a 0.941 save percentage. And they're, they're not... So they've both played eight games. So they have the same sample size, but there's that much of a stat discrepancy when, like, on paper, mathematically, in every category, Olaf is inferior to Arcs. But game time rolls around and Arcs has blinders on or something. Yeah, and I'm sure, I mean, there's going to be matchup things in that as well. 
you know, I think Arcs was our goalie against Mainz, so those losses probably hurt a little bit. But we took down Colorado with Olaf. I'm pretty like, Olaf was in on that game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so taking down Colorado with a rookie goalie who let two goals in all game, it's just it's absolutely nuts to me that the stats are working that way. Yeah. It it makes no sense and if I was playing in goalie, it would be incredibly frustrating to me. Um because it just seems like I don't know what you're doing isn't working or has no bearing on anything, but I think that's just the nature of the, the FHM beast. Yeah, I mean, it takes a special kind of person already to play a goalie. <laughs> True. Um, so I, I think that the point of Anchorage having a rookie goalie is a little bit mitigated by that. Where yeah. it just doesn't actually seem like goalie stats actually matter. Or Obviously, they matter, but they don't matter as much as skater stats. Yeah, I I wasn't as aware of that going into the season as I feel like I am now. And maybe some more information will come out as testing continues and our opinion changes, but I'm starting to really lean towards the pick up a rookie goalie. As long as they're active, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah, I I would assume that having just one capped skater on any of your lines is worth more than having a capped goalie versus a rookie goalie. Yeah, I believe that. Um So, it looks like we're looking at Kelowna in front right now with Colorado and Anaheim right behind them. Um, I expect Kelowna's never going to fall from that number one spot the entire season. I, they're looking, they've got a plus 43 goal differential right now, and the next highest team is at plus 17. So uh, they kind of just look to be having their way with the league right now. Um, I kind of expect Colorado and Anaheim to fall off a bit. Um, Anaheim especially, I think, like, kudos, and it's great that they're off to such a hot start. But if you look at their roster, like, half of their roster is above 100 PDO. Um, they actually only have six people below 100 PDO, so it's even more than that. They have five people above 105 PDO. So, like, the rate that they're going at right now is not going to be sustainable at all. Um, it can obviously be mitigated a bit by updates and such, but... I don't know if they have a great number of rookies so, to make that a, a reasonable thing. So Colorado's almost 50-50. 12 rookies, I'm sorry, 11 rookies, 12 players that, oh, I'm sorry, that stat is also wrong. That They have 11 players from the that are season 59 or newer. I'll have to look and see how many. They picked. I was uh, gonna say I didn't know they had that many rookies. <laughs> they picked up six rookies this season. So so they're looking at about six rookies. Six rookies. Uh, one's definitely completely inactive, but the others are progressing to various degrees. Yeah, I 
I don't think Colorado is going to fall off as much as other teams are just going to catch up with them. I expect Anaheim to fall off. So I'll throw some stats at you real quick. Colorado is currently fourth in the league for TPE per player. Whereas Anaheim is eighth in the league for TPE per player as of the end of this week after the most recent update. So that's about, uh, let's see, 800 TPE difference between fourth and eighth. Noticeable difference. Uh, yeah, that seems pretty significant. Anaheim also isn't quite growing as... I'm sorry, Colorado isn't quite growing as quickly as teams like Anaheim or Quebec or us. So, I don't know if they're... I think Colorado is going to improve a lot less over the season. So, if they stop getting as lucky, I think they will fall... Anaheim's showing at least some decent improvement. I just don't know if they're going to get high enough. If they're going to be able to close that gap. Yeah. That's, uh, that's definitely one reason I'm feeling pretty positive about our season. Um, right now we're sitting at 6-10. and 10. It's good for 10th place, which obviously isn't great. But... Um, when you look at our PDO, we only have six people at or above 100. The rest of our team is below 100 PDO. So we're doing some lucky breaks here. Um, we've got eight rookies. And at least six are active and earning. So we've got a lot of room to grow. Yeah. I'd say. I have a quick question for you, Stephen. As mm -hmm. someone who's not a simmer, what is PDO? Can you kind of give me a, a, a general idea of what you're referring to when you refer to that? Uh, yeah, it's it's not even a, a simmer stat. It's just an advanced stat for hockey. Not even for hockey, but um, it's basically a measurement in how lucky you are. So... With PDO, if you're at 100, you're basically performing um, the way that people would expect you to. So if you're at 12 points with a PDO of 100, you're just like, okay, yeah, that's, a, that's pretty much where I expect you to be at this point in the season. If you're at like, and then it has about like a 10-point scale on either side. So if you're at 90 for PDO, you've got three points. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, I really expected this guy to have 10 points by this point in the season. And on the other side, if you're at 110 and someone is at like 15 points, you're like, that guy's really overperforming and I don't expect that him to keep up this pace. Okay, so that's a good idea. So that's a, that's a good concept. So as a team right now, Vancouver is not performing to where our base expectation would be based on the players and the stats that we have. Right. Okay. Just want we, to clarify. We've actually, team. we've got multiple people. Um, we've got about six people in the 95, 96 range. Um, and in contrast, uh, Lev is sitting at 106, so um, he's obviously been having a bit of a breakout rookie season, but he's also riding a pretty big hot streak, and I don't expect that he'll be able to keep up the pace that he's holding right now. That's what you think. Yeah, like I said, it can be kind of offset by updates, because the way to like or, uh, mitigate the discrepancy between your stats and the expectations is to just raise your stats. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. 
So, like, his PDO is high right now, but it could shift to where that's where he's actually supposed to be by the end of the season. All right, well, you heard it here first. Rookie of the split, uh, Lev Levedev. Levedev. The split? Okay, look. Season, <laughs> split, year, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a lot of sports reference to pull from. <laughs> Um, but we do have a lot of rookies that are showing up on the stat sheet. Uh, everybody on our team is registered a point. Um, we definitely have some room for growth. I've been running a, a little bit of tests on the side. Um, now that I'm kind of learning how to use FHM a little bit. And... Our first two lines are very good. And our third line is almost very good. <laughs> uh, I know it's just five stars for speed and like three stars for skill and then one star for offense. So I know they're all dumping their points into offensive stats now. So once they get those offensive stats actually to the point where they can score goals, we're going to be in a pretty good spot. If you can roll out three lines that can score goals every game, then you're going to win more than you lose. You're giving our plays away. Go, attempting to score goals is the secret play that we have. I mean, we're not doing it right now, so we got to try. <laughs> it's called subverting expectations. <laughs> We're pretty good at it. So, well, while we're talking about rookies in general, um, I wanted to take a quick side moment to shout out uh, my personal rookie of, uh, what do you want to call it, the season? Is that, we okay with season? That, that would be what you call it. Okay. So my rookie for the season, as you may have recalled if you actually listened to any of our previous episodes, my rookie of choice was Duncan the Walrus, username Southball. Uh, he was drafted to Maine and has now taken over the number one TPE spot of this class with 260. So congratulations, Duncan. Keep it up. I'm really looking forward to see where you go. I'm sure that he seems like a. <laughs> that seems like a really high... Earning pace. Yeah, he's uh, he's only one point above high, so they are definitely close in that that race. And there's a few people that are within ten points of of that pace. Um, none of them are on Vancouver, but we hold we actually hold tenth and eleventh, so I'm not too upset about it. Yeah, I feel like I ended last season at like 290-something. Uh, I could tell you that you were 293 because I was 250 when we went to draft. And okay. you were 43 points ahead of me. So yeah, that seems like a ridiculous earning pace. Yeah, I mean, we literally haven't even done... Well, I don't... Has The juniors might have done a couple of PTs already. But uh, I don't think they've graded the first round yet. I, I didn't think so either. But so I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of potential there. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna have like rookies that are damn near capped by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had uh three seventeen was it? I think was what uh J Sync was the first the first pick of the SHL draft for us last season. So Yeah, but that was at draft time, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean that was his that was his drafted TPE. So I mean I think that they, they stopped counting TPE like once playoffs start. Oh well. Either way, I think that we have the chance of having a higher TPE rookie class this season. Yeah. Yeah, they they've added a lot to kind of boost people up in the beginning because yeah. it's 
it's not that fun to just watch your character do nothing for two or three weeks after actually doing nothing for two or three weeks before that. Yeah, and so. I feel that. Like, adding point opportunities. I'm going to kind of do a little side note here onto the side note that I had originally started. Uh, because we're talking about... So we have Duncan at 260 TPE. And I did a small breakdown of TPE and where it comes from as far as, like, throughout the season. So our... Our first season, our rookie season, so this wouldn't necessarily be as inflated as it feels like it is this season. Uh, definitely most your TPE comes from spoiler PTs. Uh, three on threes, prime times, and just your, your six PTs throughout the season. With a few things mixed in there like your uh, rookie task, not your rookie task, but your uh, interested prospects. Oh, yeah, and, like, the mock draft and stuff. Yeah, I broke mock draft out separately, but... So there's 41 points obtainable for... That was obtainable in our class. You got 41 of them. I got less because I missed the first two. Okay. Uh, There's 24 points worth of activity checks before playoffs from season start to end. So that's creating at... Creating... After the season ends in off-season, but not... So you're not in a DFA situation, but stopping at playoffs. It's a, it's about 24 uh, check-ins. So it's about 12, 12 weekly check-ins. So that's a couple all during the week, or a couple during the preseason, or off-season, preseason, and then during the games before the end of playoffs. Yeah. So 33 points in training. So check-ins and training combined, which is something you should be doing every week, does beat your PTs as far as overall point availability. But, I mean, that's just like the basics of being active and having a little bit of money. There were four surveys last season. So there's your starting survey, your ending survey, like beginning and end survey for your first season. And then there were two voting for different cups or different trophies, awards, whatever they're called. Uh, We had the rookie draft and your uh, original draft. So we had the 14 points that you and I got from the mock draft. And then there, you got three points for filling out a rookie draft for your draft class. I wasn't in the draft, so I wasn't there for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So 20 points from season training. So, like, you know, your big training every season. Yep. Uh, there was yeah, interested prospects is worth was worth six. And there are two deep dives, each worth uh, five so, overall, a good amount of TP earned is right about 155, actually, your first season. And a lot of that comes from just being baseline active. Even if you don't, even if you participate in only half the PTs, you're still looking at 100 to 130 PT or TPE from just kind of being here. Okay. So from last season, it was it's not unexpected for rookies around us to be right about 300 going into our draft. I mean, we kind of we jumped pretty hard out of our draft just because of all the extra, you know. Yeah, yeah, you always get a bunch of uh, TPE in the off season. Yeah, and there's a week of training that isn't counted on this because we didn't take. Technically, there's more. Tra- there's one more week you could have taken training, but we didn't. We took it as SHL training because it's worth more. So I didn't count that on here because it's not actually rookie training, and it doesn't actually matter because that week was draft week, anyways. Yeah. But so I think you were two ninety three. I I was 250 because I started late, but I mean we're so really 
293 when top of your class is 217 or 220 or something like that. It's not super bad. Like You, you mean 317? Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> Try to make myself feel better, and you're just bringing me back down to reality. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> so... To our listeners and a little bit to ourselves, I kind of wanted to break down like that, like where our TP comes from and what good numbers looked like last season to kind of give us an idea this season. So we know right now that there is 35 TP on the board still just from PTs, and we have a 260 already in the, in the pool. Like what? Yeah, that's wild like i think it is very realistic that we see three maybe even four rookies that are capped before the end of playoffs it won't really matter because they won't they don't really update during playoffs but i think they're going to be really close going into playoffs getting as long as everything gets graded before that week yeah i mean i feel like Rookies stop being dead weight right around the 250 mark, anyways. Yeah. So anything above that is kind of gravy for their first season. Um. So the fact that there's a lot of them that are either near that or past that already. I mean, they're just kind of hitting the ground running. Yeah, and we've got some good. Uh, so. Again, Lev Lebedev, Lebedev, yep, who, uh, by the way, nomination for Rookie of the Year, um, is at 232. So for a late start, he missed all that juicy stuff in the beginning that he couldn't get. Got some makeup TP, but that doesn't quite equal out. To only be about 30 points down on the top of the class, you know, I, I started about one PT opportunity later than him, and I'm 74 points down in the top of the class. Like, <laughs> I guess yeah, what I'm saying and... is, head office, give us some catch-up TP retroactively, please. Thank you. <laughs> and for any of the rookies that like feel a little bit discouraged because they're so far behind, really, like, so the difference between the top rookie and the 35th rookie is about 40 points. Um, really, right now is the only time that matters. Like, 40 points. Next season, you're going to start out capped. The season after that, you're going to be capped. And then once you get to the SHL, you're going to be... Everyone's going to be right around 800, 900 TPE. And at that point, 40... TPE just doesn't really matter that much anymore. It's going to be one stat point. Yeah, I mean, that's the good thing is that right now, every point matters so much because there's so few available. But just like most things, as you start getting an abundance of it, each individual one stops mattering as much. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely a solid case for the uh, 48th rookie in TPE. Wow, I clicked on Pingy Pingu. Um, I'm saying his <laughs> name. I'm refusing to do it. <laughs> the 48th rookie in the class, as far as TPE goes, could still be a top-performing player in, well, next season, the SHL, like all those things, because... The 60 TPE points he's down on, or 53 he's down on the first place person, is going to be one point in puck handling at top level. So who cares? You know, like. Yeah. It'll, it'll get you like one or two goals throughout the course of a season. So you'll, you won't even really realize each point. Um. How about, so, I know we've talked about, we have eight rookies on our team. I know there's, that's definitely on the higher end of the league. Um, how have rookies as a group been um, 
performing for each team. I know you have some data on that. Yeah, so... Bits and pieces. Um, I can tell you a lot of things as soon as I find my sheet that I'm looking for. Uh, I could tell you that the rookies have grown very well. I can also tell you that certain teams obviously have a lot more rookies than others. And we are eight, right? That's what you just said, eight. Yeah. So we are eight. We're actually tied with, I want to say St. Louis, but I just clicked refresh. So now my sheet's Yeah. Up. Yeah, it's definitely St. Louis. Okay. So we are tied with St. Louis. We are also behind or ahead, I guess, depending on how you look at it, Quebec, who has 10 rookies. And I'm just really impressed with that overall concept. They're running a 23-man roster, and I'm not super fluent in, like, how many. It's, I see 21 seems to be about the average for, for players. Yeah, I think, you can only, I think you can only suit up 21 people. Okay. So, so they probably have an emergency backup goalie, which is mm. we kind of have the same. Um, I don't know where the the next person would be. Maybe they just haven't got around to dropping somebody yet. Okay. Yeah. And I, because I was looking, because I was just like, well, maybe they dropped one of these inactives, but they're still actually there. They didn't have it dropped. It's still on the roster. So, I, uh, I wasn't actually sure, but. They they have the most rookies at 10, and their rookie growth has been really good. Uh, so Quebec leads the league in rookies as far as growing um, with TPE, which isn't a surprise since they have the most. Uh, so they currently have 553 TPE earned on their rookies, so that's above the 1555 that they start with. So, I mean, across 10 rookies... It's 55.3 TPE a rookie. It's putting everybody about 200. Yeah. Not not hurting too bad. Uh, we're actually second on that list, so go Vancouver. With our eight rookies, we have 524 TPE earned. Comparing it to St. Louis, who has the next closest, or has tied with us in rookies, they only have 427 TPE earned. So they're like they're they've earned a hundred less TP than us across their eight rookies. Yeah, that seems pretty significant. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty excited that uh, our rookies are just straight up kicking ass, like kicking ass, taking names, potentially taking steroids. <laughs> so yeah, it it's legal in Canada. Oh, good. What else is legal in Canada? Uh, weed. Oh. I mean, it doesn't even seem like much of a challenge. <laughs> so, to moving back to rookies. Uh, Anaheim's rookies actually have 437 points of growth. So that's more than St. Louis. Less than us still by quite a bit. And they only have six. But... Again, our rookies are progressing very well because there's so, just are a lot of them, but they're gaining a lot. So that basically means that Anaheim is almost getting the same amount of value out of six people as St. Louis is with eight. Correct. And it's Oof. still right around that 50 points per person kind of threshold, if you will. So... Right now. Yeah, but I would imagine that gap is going to widen a bit more as time goes on. Yeah. Well, and it definitely looks good for teams like Vancouver and Quebec. If our rookies are gaining at just a significantly higher rate, then, I mean, it just means that we're going to catch up. Uh, to give kind of context, uh, Kelowna who is seeded number one right now, is no surprise seeded last for rookie growth. Their rookies have only gained 137 TPE. Of course, that's they have two rookies. And that's so, I mean, their rookies actually, on average, outpace Quebec's rookies 
but there's just so few of them that they're not making big moves. Yeah. So there's definitely a case for some of the teams that currently sit lower in the standings to make a really solid rise in upcoming weeks. Just because, like, Vancouver, we're going to be gaining a lot. As long as our rookies stay active, they have a lot of opportunity, and we already see them cashing in on that opportunity. I think Quebec's the same way. We're going to really be challenging with them because right now they're sitting above us, and in theory, they should be out-earning us in TPE, which means we have to beat them on the ice. And in the locker room, and in the street, and in the back alley, so they can't play. <laughs> well, we are a lot of goons, so I but think you, we can we can do that. Your, no, you lost your uh, your status. You're reformed now. You can't fight anymore. <laughs> hey, I, I think I'm still top five. Well, let's see. Let's I see. Have a... Yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm fourth in the league for penalty minutes. Okay, I'll give you that. So, I just handed my title over to Zane, so the title's staying in Vancouver. Yeah, wow, Zane is time for first. <laughs> That's pretty nuts, not gonna lie. We're the best goons. I guess we just hurt people. I mean, I'd like to point <laughs> out that as far as penalty minutes go, people should probably see what's going on over at St. Louis. I think they're just mad because they have 128, I'm sorry, 124 penalty minutes across their team. We're at 86. So like they're just getting into all kinds of bad situations that are putting them short on the ice. Yeah, that's that's not what they need. <laughs> I mean, when your plus minus is minus one thirty six, I feel like you've got no reason not to fight. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I think we've got a, a pretty interesting season shaping up. I think it'll be. A disappointment if for there'll be a disappointment if Kelowna isn't in the championship. Maybe not for the rest of the league, but um, I think like statistically, like in every single way, Kelowna should be challenging for a cup this season. And if they fall short, then something went wrong. Yeah, uh, I I don't think there's any viable reason like statistically that they shouldn't be there have already gained such a lead that there isn't really enough time for people to catch up even if they're moving at a pretty fast pace i still think they should be far enough ahead that they shouldn't have to worry about it but i'm not really seeing a, a clear-cut second yet like at least last season, you pretty much knew that Quebec City and Kelowna were the top two in the league, and everyone else was just kind of fighting for scraps. Um, I I think it's just Kelowna sitting at the top this season. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think this week we'll start to drive a couple of new storylines because I think the rookies are right on the cusp of being relevant. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then, so our next point, I think, is uh, fantasy. How's your fantasy looking, Ryan? I don't want to talk about it, Stephen. <laughs> like the fact that we're in the same fantasy league is already just seems like a weird coincidence, but I'm getting destroyed. Yeah, I, I'm i feeling pretty good about my fantasy lineup. Um, I think I'm sitting at second right now in our league. Um, are you at seventh or eighth? Now. Uh, I was at 7th the last I saw. 
Um, I was lucky to be able to pick first, so I just picked the obvious first of Lyle Odeline the third, who's living up to the first pick and already is leading the league in points just because he's a good defenseman on a crappy team. So he blocks like 10 shots a night and gets sympathy goals. (laughs) So it's not an ideal situation for him, but I'm loving it. Um, Other than that, I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing with fantasy last season. So I still don't have a great frame of reference, but I'm not really seeing too many surprises in in fantasy in general. Yeah. So we've both already made our trades, right? Oh, who did you trade for? Uh, I got Nicholas Owens. Oh, nice. Mostly because you took enough pity on me to tell me who to trade for. <laughs> <laughs> Before the ship got too deep. I, I think you've already sunk, but you might be able to keep your head above water. Look, I will doggy paddle my way out of this. I yeah, I traded Tom Fiddler for um Alexander Wachter. Um I know Fiddler had a pretty good season last season. And I was kind of hoping that Tampa Bay would have a bit of a breakout season this this year. And I would get a bit of a sleeper pick. But it looks like they're pretty much on the same trajectory. Fiddler's going to have a pretty good season. He wouldn't have been a bad pick. But I think Tampa Bay is still a pretty lower tier team. Um. And uh, Alexander Washter at in Texas is sitting at tenth right now for fantasy points. And Texas is a top ranked team. Like he's gonna continue getting throwing up points, so I think that was a good trade. Yeah, um, I uh I had Jacob Hammer from also Tampa Bay. And I didn't do like a ton of like preseason scouting or any of that stuff on these guys. I I didn't really know what was going on in all honesty. Uh, But normally with things like fantasy, I can just kind of blind pick and I do pretty well. Uh, Not the case this time. So hopefully I can... (laughs) I'm only at like a 90 point. I'm actually in sixth. I pulled up the sheet. I'm in sixth. Uh, I'm 90 points down. So, I mean, really, 90 points? It's like a... We're in it still. (laughs) I I don't know about that. But, um... The bad part is, is that, like, I'm sure that Jacob Hammer is pretty much right along side of Lyle Odeline as far as um, capability goes. But Tampa Bay isn't as bad of a team as New Orleans, so he's just not going to be facing as many shots. So I think that's what you kind of look for is good defensemen on bad teams and then good forwards on good teams. Mm. That makes sense. Because, like, right now, Lyle Odeline is getting 64 points just from shot blocks. Which is more than some forwards have, like, their stats. (laughs) So, it it feels like cheating a bit. Well, the good news is, is that at bare minimum, you'll get a million bucks, so. Money means nothing to me. <laughs> That's the most privileged thing I've ever heard you say. Wow, that is the most privileged thing? <laughs> um, 
And then I guess the the next thing to bring up is the charity drive. Um, that's that's up and going now. Uh, looks like we've had a pretty good start on it. I'm I'm always a little bit surprised. I think I came in on the tail end of the last charity drive. I think I just got the results of it, and I was pretty surprised at how much this community actually did. So I think this is the first one that I've actually had a chance to partake in. And um, like we're creeping up on $4,000 donated in like two or three days. This seems like a really big number for a pretty niche community. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised. I like I guess I don't know the extent of the number of players and how much of them are like us where we have more money than we do cents. So like I mean, I, I'm always, you know, interested in donating to a worthy cause. Sometimes I have to like make sure the cause is worthy to be donated to because I have high donation standards see that should be the most privileged thing you've heard me say but <laughs> he didn't have to one-up yourself it's always a competition between me and me <laughs> uh, um but it looks like they're they put up a couple of kind of like stretch goals um for donations here uh, we've already reached the first two. Uh, the first one was at 1,500 donated, um, and that will so we'll be able to see newer read SHL copy pastas in a suit. Um, and the second one at 3,000 donated, where we're going to get double Twitter payouts for a week. Um, the next one that we're working our way towards is double media and graphics payouts for one week. And then at 6,000, there will be a PT coupon for one championship week task. So, um, looks like we've finally gone pay to win. And I'm all for it. Oh, yeah, thank God. Finally, I can throw money at the problem instead of my time and energy <laughs> but no i i i'm i've been looking at the list and i it's nice to see um lots of people getting involved for an obvious good cause yeah i definitely scrolled through the uh the list when i was donating to see who who was on it but also mostly to see what my competition was for highest bid um <laughs> i was just like all right top three bidders get that personalized trading card made for their character you know so i was like oh yeah going for that huh all right well we got some people that decided to go super all in and do like 200 plus so actually i'll i'll just like donate a reasonable amount and then I will uh, potentially just commission a card one day. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if you would actually want a card. Oh, Means no. Means everyone has your face. I never thought about that. Macros <laughs> on a trading card. That's how I get caught. <laughs> I mean, that's basically just a, a tradable wanted poster. <laughs> Have you seen this Macros? <laughs> Here were his stats. <laughs> it's like you know at first i didn't recognize him but then the holographic card itself kind of like projected the face into my mind <laughs> man this almost backfired yeah you really dodged a bullet there yeah being cheap and not having a massive amount of disposable money have both paid off <laughs> Um, so I think I kind of want to revisit a couple of questions we had from our draft day podcast now that we have a little bit of 
knowledge as to how the draft went. Um, specifically, uh, this one, where we were asked what team had the best draft unbiasedly. Uh, what do you think? Oh, man, that's... You, you've got all the data. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said as far as, like, best draft. So, I mean, I can definitely say that, you know, as far as TP earned, well, Vancouver has a really high ratio of TP earned. Quebec has a high total amount, more players, you know. I, I will point out that a handful of Quebec's players are UDFAs. So that's not necessarily applicable to the draft. That's true. Yeah, they they picked up. I mean, we picked up some UDFAs also. Yes. I feel like we had about a 50-50 on the draft. Which I think is still pretty good. Yeah, if, if I was going to give one team that I thought probably had the best overall draft success... I would probably give it to Maine. That's mostly because, I mean, that's like 85% because they drafted Duncan, but. (laughs) We said unbiased. Okay, we both know that's not happening. Uh, (laughs) But, I mean, Maine's drafted picks, so no one picked up outside the draft. Their drafted picks are pretty good. They're uh they have two in the top 10. They have as far as TPE earned, they're earning well. They seem to be performing well. Um they had they got an inactive, who didn't? So, I'm not going to fault them for that. But I think yeah. getting especially their first two picks that they got and having so much just like raw power come out of those two. I think is is pretty good overall. I mean, trying to compare that to any other team's pickup, uh, it just you know when falls short. When your second pickup that you got, so we'll look at say Detroit, their first pickup is not as highly rated, has less money, and isn't as large in the TPE stat as main second pickup so i mean i just i think kind of rough i think they did a good job i think they picked some solid picks and i think overall they're gonna look better in a couple seasons because of it and uh i'll throw a little bit of a curveball here uh what team do you think had the worst draft Ooh. I think there's a couple teams that got a little, I don't want to say shafted, but definitely shafted. Uh, So, I mean, I'd say it'd be between St. Louis and Detroit, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say St. Louis. So, Detroit has three people sitting at 155. Ouch. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't have the the direct numbers in front of me. I see that they have six rookies. I don't know. At least one of them is a UDFA. But of those six rookies they have, three of them are 155s. And I don't imagine that they signed a 155 UDFA. So that leads me to believe that they just got really unlucky in their draft. Yeah, that's kind of rough. St. Louis has two inactives. They drafted more people. So like... Yeah, I think it it's more obvious for St. Louis because they 
they definitely needed to hit, and they didn't. Yeah. Like, I think it was far more critical for them to have a good draft, and they didn't have a bad draft, but that's not what they needed. Where I think Detroit definitely got the worst end of the draft deal in all of this. But I think they're still okay. Yeah, Detroit's pretty top-heavy. Yeah, they picked up a few good picks. I think, I think Pingy was later, was like the last pickup, right? And that wasn't really a draft pick. He he has to play on that team because he's the GM, if I understand correctly. Uh, I don't think that was it. Okay. I just think he wasn't eligible for the draft. Oh, okay. For some reason. I by that. So point, he had he had already chosen to sign with Detroit. Okay. Yeah. By that point in the draft, I wasn't actually paying a ton of attention, but. <laughs> So, yeah, I think a lot of teams did pretty okay. I don't see anyone that got absolutely shafted with, like, their best pick, if that makes sense. I I definitely... So, I think that our rookie class was deeper than this rookie class. But this rookie class isn't too bad. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, at the rate things are going right now, there's going to be less people in the upcoming SHL draft than there was for us. Yeah. But they're probably, their top end is probably going to be a little bit higher. Yeah, I mean, I think their average is going to be better. Yeah. But at that same note, you know, it's going to make those, all those trades for early picks in this next draft that we saw last season where people were trading picks going to become even more important because now there's less people to choose from, but there's also, you know, if you have three second round picks, you're probably still getting a, you know, 270, 280 TPE player in the second round, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't think I had anything else today. How about you? Uh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna shamelessly plug my media article real quick. Do it. Uh, uh so I'm writing a series um that I was originally was titled Macris's Adventure, but I felt like that didn't catch enough names. So it's now Macris's journey to adopt a wolf, and the title will probably slightly change between each iteration. Um, but Macris is adopting a wolf from a uh, animal conservation center, and if you think that's not how that works, you're absolutely correct. But uh, if you're ever bored, I'm putting out about a thousand words a week and a continued story that I think will be fun for everybody it's fun for me i'm really enjoying writing it i'm bringing uh <laughs> Svens came along with me he didn't know or consent but he came and uh i also brought robot sunfish from vancouver and uh narboza many hands from vancouver and the i'm doing the best i can to do honor and justice to those characters i can tell you that uh on sunday wow today's sunday i'll probably drop the second article tonight then uh, it's definitely uh, kind of Narboza heavy, just because I, I wrote a lot of it from his perspective, just because it's a lot. It was a lot funnier that way, because <laughs> humans are dumb. And Narboza is awesome. Yeah, I definitely tried to write him as like a. I, I read all of his media articles that he's put out. So I tried to to reference things in there. I definitely referenced like his planet and his species names and stuff like that. And then just based on his articles, I tried to c- capture that. So he's definitely just like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna borrow this person here, and we're gonna try some stuff out. <laughs> oh, he's definitely my favorite character in the league. So I I do like him. Uh, I, I got a little ahead of myself, so there's actually 
I started writing this during preseason. So there's actually three or four articles already written that I just have that I haven't, that I'm like, oh, well, we'll just put one out a week so I don't bomb everything. But. Um, yeah, it's probably a little bit easier to read that way too. Yeah. In, in a couple weeks, you'll get Narboza when they're in Calgary. And in Calgary, he takes full advantage of an open bar and he's got five drinks because he has five hands. So. <laughs> I didn't know the term for that. Is pe- pentafist in it? Uh, I, I don't know if there is an actual term for that, but that sounds right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> double fistons when you got a drink in each hand. But also, I don't. I didn't really want to use the word fist too frequently, so I just <laughs> improved from there. So, I mean, if you've listened to the podcast this long or at all, then... I mean, you must think I'm funny enough that it's you could totally check this out. I like it. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I have for this week. Uh, I mean, next week I think we can recap a lot of uh, what we already talked about with more details, so we'll have more stats, how week two shaping up, um see what new things come about between now and then yeah hopefully you like the format of how this week went because it's like this for the next three or four weeks <laughs> yeah if you have suggestions on original content or questions you want us to answer please ask them we are happy to oblige also if you want to make a guest appearance on the podcast please reach out to us we'll be happy to have you for sure so, from all of us here at Wheel Snipes Ellie, to all of you there listening, have a good night and stay hockey.